Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. You are listening to the interview section of the weekly sports piece. In this section, we talk with authors about the papers that we discuss on the podcast. Today, I'm very glad to talk to Karen Block. Karen received her PhD from the University of Melbourne in 2013. Today, she's an associate professor at the University of Melbourne. And additionally, she's an associate director for the Child and Community Wellbeing Unit, the Center for Health Equity, and the Melbourne School of Population and Global Health Works. She also works in academic, as an academic convenor for the Anti-Racism Hallmark Research Initiative and the Interdisciplinary PhD Program in Migration. And she was a visiting scholar at the University of Birmingham. She's a very, very active author. She has more than 80 publications, research papers, book reviews, and book chapters. And she has academic articles in journals such as Journal of Refugee Studies, International Journal of Inclusive Education, Social Inclusion, and Sports in Society. Fellow researchers have cited her work thousands of times. Specifically, Karen's work focuses on migration, social inclusion, and is interdisciplinary. I'm very happy and grateful that you found the time for this conversation. Karen, welcome, and thank you very much for making room for us. Thank you very much for that lovely introduction, and very happy to be here. Oh, great. So I can already start with my first question. For me, your paper was super interesting because it's close to my research. So let's have a look at your paper that we discussed in our podcast, Count Me In, a sports participation intervention promoting inclusion for young people from migrant backgrounds in Australia. You try to increase sports club participation for young people from migrant and minority ethnic groups. How did you come up with this research idea? So yeah, thanks for that question. It came out of some other research that I had done previously. In fact, my PhD was with young people from refugee backgrounds who had recently arrived in Australia. And it was really focused on what kinds of things help them to integrate and feel included in Australian society. And sport came up quite frequently as something they wanted to talk about, but there were many barriers for them to joining sports clubs. And we know what these barriers are. You know, they include things like costs, also a lack of transport, but also just not really understanding how the system works because, of course, every country has its own way that community sports clubs work and it's not necessarily at all obvious to people who have come here as a migrant and particularly if you've come perhaps from a refugee background where you might not have had any experience of playing a more formal sports club environment at all. So I could see that participating in sport was something that people really wanted to do more of and that we needed to find ways to overcome those barriers that people had. So I did another project quite a long time ago now where I looked at different models of participation and what was working or not working in helping young people from refugee and migrant backgrounds to participate in sport. And one of the things that I discovered was there were a few clubs in Melbourne where the club had somebody from the migrant community in their area. So maybe it was someone from South, who has had a South Sudanese background, for example, who would actually actively help children and families to join the sports club. So they would go out and, and recruit families, help them to participate, help them to get to matches. And I thought that that looked like a really 
a really good model that was really effective, but it was just operating at, at the level of a single club. So how can we take that model and expand it so that we can have one person working across many clubs so you can include more sports and perhaps come up with something that might be more sustainable to employ somebody to do that role over a whole region, for example. It's so nice to hear that. So you actually, this is one paper, but it's connected to so much more work related to your work from previous years. That's really nice to hear that. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's satisfying, you know, when you kind of build on things you've done in the past. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. But you didn't write this paper alone. You wrote it together with uh, Dana Young. How is it uh, working with her? Yes, so Dana and I have worked together on quite a few different projects. Dana is actually doing her PhD at the moment as well on looking specifically at how young, how adolescent girls from migrant backgrounds build social capital through sports participation. So she's really interested in this area. So we worked closely together and I think it's really nice. I always work in teams. We all bring different things to the project, different skills and different partnerships and it makes it more interesting, but I think you also do better work when you work in, in teams. I completely agree. When reading papers for me, it's often that I'm so amazed by the work that authors put into it. And for this research project, you work together with many different parties. So you had clubs, community support coordinators, and community-based organizations. And in your paper, you had interviews with uh, children and family members, club representatives, and project personnel. So that's just so much work. But for you, what would you say was the most challenging part of the paper, but also what was the most enjoyable? So I think for the project, it was, in fact, I guess, you know, trying to work with so many different people was challenging. Getting the right people, for example, to take on those roles as community support coordinators was challenging. We found one person who was fantastic and then we, it took us a little while to find a, somebody, a second person who was also so really good in that role. I guess trying, you know, all those meetings that you have to have with all those different stakeholders takes up a lot of time. So you're right, it is a lot of work and that's challenging. But at the same time, that's also the most satisfying part about it is bringing other people along with you on that journey. I think extremely satisfying. I mean, the success of the project was hugely satisfying. We got over more than 300 young people from migrant and ethnic minority groups started playing sport who hadn't played sport before. Even more pleasingly in some ways was one of the unexpected outcomes, which was that their mothers, they wanted to play sport as well. And they said, well, what have you got for us? And we ended up starting a badminton program for the mothers. And towards the end of our two-year project, one of our partners, the Badminton Association of Victoria, actually offered training to the women to become badminton coaches. And then one of our other partners, or two of our other partners, actually the local government, and a local leisure centre worked with them to set up their own new badminton club. So now that group of women are running a badminton club. So that's had some really fabulous, ongoing, sustainable outcomes. So it weren't really part of our plan at the beginning, but, you know, it came out of those partnerships, came out of working in partnership with the participants and also the local organisations. That is a fantastic side effect, really. So that sounds great. Um, I mean, normally you don't have these effects, but if you're unlucky, you can even have a negative effect, but it can be more positive, right? But suppose you would want to change one design thing regarding your study. Would you do something differently now? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we were pretty happy with how the study worked. There were some negative things, not too many. I mean, one of the things that came out that was negative was examples of racism. 
And that happened sometimes at a structural level where we partnered with clubs who we thought were ready to work in this way and be inclusive, but in fact they weren't. And other times we heard reports where there were individuals who actually were a little bit racist. And I think I would do more work up front with the clubs to try to make sure those things didn't happen or that the clubs were more ready to deal with that. That would require yet more resources. I mean, you only ever get so much funding, so you can only ever do so much. But, um, you know, that's something that, that I would probably try to do differently. But on the whole, we were really happy with how the project went. Okay. And most, most experiences of participants were very positive. So I don't want to focus on the negative. On the whole, people had a really good time. They told us that it had improved their physical health, improved their mental health. It had helped them to build new social connections. And we had extremely positive outcomes on the whole. No, and it sounds like it. And you focus on Melbourne. And I ask myself, do you think it's possible to expand your research to, for example, other regions or cities in Australia or maybe even to other countries? I think this could definitely be expanded. I think one of the things you need to be careful about, you can't take the exact model and just roll it out anywhere. I mean, I think the fundamental part about this model that we implemented was the partnerships. So really important that you link up with local people in the places that you want to work and make so that you can understand the particular social and cultural environment that you're working in. But once you do, once you set up those partnerships, I think the model of employing community support coordinators was terrific. I really think that was the kind of key piece that made it work so well. And I think, yes, you could roll out that model, set up the partnerships, employ those people and work in lots of different places. Okay. And from my research perspective, and I'm also interested in personally, I think increasing sports club participation is super important. But unfortunately, I have the feeling that in research and also in society, it is often not taken seriously enough. So which party, for example, region governments, clubs or retired players or coaches, do you think has the most leverage to start a successful initiative? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I mean, one thing in Australia, we take our sport very seriously here. So <laughs> perhaps, perhaps we're lucky. I think people in Australia do recognise that sport is important, perhaps more so than in some other countries. But more seriously, I actually feel like I would like to see local governments or regional governments really take this on. I think that they have a responsibility around integrating migrants in their area Certainly in Australia, they're also responsible for looking after the grounds that sports clubs use. That might not be the same in every other country. So certainly here, I think that they're the ideal kind of organisation to really oversee this. I think also, though, other levels of government could also play a role. In Australia, community sport is quite expensive and that's one of the big barriers. I think some state governments in Australia provide subsidies to people on low incomes to help them cover the costs of sport of of sports fees. So I think they have a role to play as well. And then I think, you know, we as researchers, our job is really to provide the evidence base for what the outcomes are when you get people playing sport and what models work to increase participation. And the sports clubs themselves, of course, as well. I think we as a community need to expect that our sports clubs reflect the communities around them. So, you know, I don't think it's okay to have a sports club that receives some public support not looking like the community that it's in, like not including migrants if they're in an area where there are a lot of migrants. I think we all have a responsibility to make those things happen. I completely agree with you that regional governments should be, let's say, the responsible party to start an initiative. For my research, it's often that 
I have to take the initiative and push them a little bit to be open for a few projects. So maybe it's a different country perspective, but still, I think you're right. What I like about your research is that is interdisciplinary. So we have often we have people on our podcast, our interview section that focus exclusively on sports, but you're interdisciplinary. You have sport, migration, and social inclusion. And I think this paper was a nice example for that. What are your next research papers in this area? So, yeah, I'm currently doing a project actually directly looking at racism in sport, which, again, builds on Count Me In because, as I said, that was one of the things that came out was people were still experiencing racism. So we have another project we're doing at the moment called STARS, which stands for Standing Together Against Racism in Sport. And, again, we're working with community clubs and we're running an intervention with clubs where we offer bystander or we call it upstander training which is where again it's everybody's responsibility if they see examples of racism to speak up and do something about it that doesn't necessarily mean you have to confront someone directly who's being racist it might be that you help look after the victim or you report the racism but anyway we offer several different ways that people can be active bystanders or upstanders when they see racism And we, in the process of collecting data, just see what comes out of that. That's the main other project that I'm doing in sport at the moment. So we're also interested in women's participation in sport. And I mentioned my um, colleague Dana's project looking at social capital that comes out of playing sport. But I'll just say too, sorry, I was going to say I agree with you why I think it's really important to be interdisciplinary that I too work with a, a lot of people who focus on sport just on its own but I think if you look at it from a sociological perspective as well then you can really make sure that it's not only about people you know kicking a ball it's about how they do it who they do it with and where they do it that actually brings the broader benefits that is very very interesting Karen thank you for visiting our podcast I hope you had a good time thank you very much that was great this is everything for today's interview thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece 